Hello, hi people, hi Nana, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm good, I'm okay, the weather's getting warmer, so I like that, so it's been nice. Texas has turned into Noah's Ark, it's been raining for like three weeks, so I mean, I don't mind, I'd rather that than 118 degree weather, but I'm very over the rain, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, we've had that for a couple of weeks, but it's been okay. The only thing we're facing right now is the cicadas. Uh, I've heard about this. Yeah. I don't know, does it happen everywhere in America, or is it just the East no. Coast? No, just certain states in the East Coast. I'm new to the area, so I didn't even know that it was a thing. This is all news to me, but they come up every 17 years. Yeah, I read about it. It sounds creepy, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah so there's a lot of I'm seeing a lot of dead ones and I take a lot of walks or jogs or whatever and this morning I feel like I was attacked by them not attacked but like they're just flying everywhere so I just utilize my mask but there are a lot of dead ones too I heard everything the- you're saying is my worst nightmare right now <laughs> I just, <laughs> just want you to know sounds like a biblical plague to me but it okay does. It does. Uh, so it's very interesting because I know, and they're huge. But I hear the warmth is killing them or something like that. So they're not thriving. Because I'm like, you wait 17 years and you come here to die. That doesn't sound smart. But, um, <laughs> but, anyways, we are halfway through on episode seven on the Sex and the City rewatch. We're in season three, episode seven, titled Drama Queens. What a aptly titled, it shouldn't have been Drama Queens, it should have been Drama Queen, because <laughs> Carrie was absolutely insufferable yes. this episode. Like, I just wanted to smack the shit out of her, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? No, she, she definitely topped herself this episode. I was like, wow, wow, Carrie. Uh. Like, what the hell? So the summary of this episode is this is the one, you know what, I just remember Charlotte, so maybe it was Drama Queens, but <laughs> the summary <laughs> of this episode was Carrie's basically sabotaging her relationship with Aiden, Charlotte has reached a whole new level of desperation in finding a husband, Miranda basking her comfortable love with Steve, or relationship with Steve, and Samantha has a slight addiction to Viagra. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, before, before, sorry, before you get started, I actually remember, it's, I don't understand why certain storylines stay in my head, but the others I have absolutely no recollection of. But I remember that whole Samantha Viagra storyline so clearly. But I didn't yeah. remember any of the rest of the episode. I just found it so <laughs> weird. Yeah. I think it's happening because we're at that stage where you start remembering certain things of Sex and the City. Because I think most of the cultural moments of Sex and the City were in the latter seasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, before I get into the episode, I do want to say, if anyone's been listening, there was an episode where Nana and I were talking about um, our skip intro not working. It was like a true first world problem situation. And I'm happy to announce that my skip intro is back. Yeah, my skip intro worked as well, but it still doesn't know what last episode I watched. I still had to go look for it. That's what annoys me more. I didn't care about the intro. Because it's short, Sex and the City, like, it's not a long whatever. But it's the fact that it doesn't keep, you know, in the keep watching section. Yeah. It drives me insane. 
So I think mine is back. Like to start the episode, it wasn't there, but I started and then I stopped. And when I went back, it was on my keep watching list. Ah, okay. And I didn't update or do anything, so I have no idea what that was about. But getting into the episode, Carrie lets us know that um, she and Aiden have been together for three weeks. And honestly, I shouldn't even address this because we know, like, there's no rhyme or rhythm. But the timing on this show just kind of just gives me a headache. Because yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm thinking, okay, last week it was a week and a half of dating. And I'm thinking, okay, this week they'll move on further along and maybe be a month or two months dating. Do you remember our surprise when we found out she and Big were together for a year? <laughs> we're like, what? You know, that's what I'm saying. I've actually appreciated Carrie telling us how many weeks she's been with Aiden because I didn't want another big situation when I was like, what? You people have been together for a year. Like, when? How? So at least she's letting us know not to take her seriously even more. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I appreciate that. I feel like with Big, if we'd known how long they've supposedly been together, I think we would have been even harsher on their relationship. But at least with Aiden, it's the opposite effect. I feel like she's doing too much. Yeah. <laughs> For someone so, you just met. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's been three weeks, and... We see her, you know, she's asleep with Aiden in her bed. And I think that that is the common thread. And maybe it's just a TV show because, of course, she is the the lead on the show. But most times when she's dating people, it's always in her house. Yeah, It's I'm never sure. the other person's place. So she's sleeping with Aiden and she wakes up like, you know, she has it seems like she has a nightmare. She just gasps and wakes up. In the middle of the night, Aiden asks her if it was a bad dream, and she's like, she doesn't know. She tells us that she truly doesn't know, and she's looking around her house the next day in the morning, wondering if she's missed anything, if her body's trying to tell her something, but she hasn't, that she had no unpaid bill and no dentist appointment. The unpaid bill made me laugh, but she tells us that her life was in order and everything's fine, so she doesn't understand, you know, what was happening. So the next night, it happened again. And, you know, she's now wondering, okay, this is now a normal reoccurrence. What's going on? We see her having her blah, blah, bra on sex with Aiden. And she asks Aiden if he wants to stay the night. And he goes, uh, I can't remember if he said he would, but she said she'll go get some water. He tells her not to worry that he'll go get the water. And him making that gesture made her realize what was wrong what was wrong is that for the first time she's in a relationship where absolutely nothing was wrong so we see her telling the girls the next day that it's just smooth sailing and charlotte asks her um is this a problem and carrie's like no well i mean i'm used to the hunt and this is just effortless and i'm freaking out what did you think about this I just, I wanted to roll my eyes at her so hard, especially, why are you freaking out that there's nothing wrong after three weeks? Like, what? (laughs) What is wrong with you? Like, what is that? How about enjoying it? Especially since you've dated people with nothing but drama, like back to back to back to back to back. You literally dated a recovering alcoholic and sent him back into alcoholism. You dated someone who refused to commit after dating you for a year, ran away to 
France and came back engaged to someone else, you would think she'd want some peace in her life, you know? Especially yeah. like three weeks, enjoy it. This is the honeymoon period. There's something wrong with everybody, and you'll find out eventually. <laughs> Just enjoy it for now. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think for me, it was mostly the timing because I understand, you know, after you've dated for a long time and you've had experiences with men, when you're dating someone and things are, I, I can understand questioning and be like, okay, what's happening and not being used to it. But like you said, three weeks. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Like, if you've been dating for, like, six months or something, okay, maybe. But three weeks, it's, yep. it does not warrant the level of freaking out that she was doing. Like, you yep. literally just got over him not having sex with you after one and a half weeks. I, you know what? I'm not even going to get into that. That's ridiculous. And that's the thing. I'm not going to I'm not gonna be a liar <laughs> on this podcast. I am also one of those people... That when I meet someone that they seem too perfect, I'm like, okay, what's wrong with them? I'm waiting to find out what's wrong with them. And you always do find out what is quote unquote wrong with them. But three weeks, that's when you're enjoying. You're like, oh my gosh, this guy, he's like not stressful. You should be talking about him constantly. Just be happy. I just feel like, why are you trying to make a thing out of this? It just, it was annoying. (laughs) Like, don't seek it out. Like, enjoy Mm -hmm. it and wait. So, um, Samantha tells her that she, again, caveat, Samantha, she, anything Samantha tells you about a relationship, do the opposite. Like, just, she's just (laughs) saying words, but it doesn't make any sense. So, Samantha tells her that she understands that she doesn't have stomach flip, and Miranda says that's the fear of losing the guy. And I disagree, by the way, with that statement, but yeah. That the stomach flip is the fear of losing the guy? Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. Why? I just, when she said the stomach flip, I feel like the stomach flip is when you're still really into someone. That seeing them literally makes your stomach flip because you're so excited. There's like butterflies in your stomach. I feel like, I've, I know I've heard people say, it's like a popular thing of people on Twitter say, like butterflies in your stomach is just, who is a symptom of anxiety? Stop romanticizing it. But I actually disagree. I feel like it's that feeling you get when you first meet someone and you're excited to see them, like the sight of them just like perks you up and makes your stomach flip. I feel like that's, to me, that's not <laughs> a bad thing. No, it's not. But I actually think it, it what that was not what she meant in this case. Like, I know what you're saying, but mm-hmm. I think that's a separate thing. So because she said, I understand you don't have the stomach flip, but she does like Aiden. She does have that. So I don't think that's what she meant. She meant that stomach flip when you're dating a guy, but you're just like, oh, my God, something is going to go wrong. I don't want to upset him. I don't want to. I don't think she meant it like butterflies mm-hmm. in your stomach. Okay. So that's why she was saying, I understand that you don't have that. And then Miranda um, expansiates and is like, oh, that was the fear of losing the guy. But um, I felt like, man, the brain is so interesting because human beings are so complicated. Like, we're just so complicated because I'm just yeah. like, we, we, I agree, like, you know, the fear of losing the guy, but in my mind, if we're all logical, or if we all as, as, a, as a human beings had sense, why would we be scared if someone is showing us who they are and we're still scared of losing them? Like, basically the entire situation with Big and Carrie 
Big just keep kept showing her who he was over and over. Mm-hmm. But instead of just like, man, I need to remove this demon or this negativity from my life, she just kept digging her heels. How can I keep him? How can I want him? How can I, yeah. you know, why do we have that fear? Because it is true. Is anything or anything that we do, like maybe continuing bad habits or taking someone back who's done something to us or being with someone who's not good for us, it's because you have that fear of losing the person. You're just trying yeah. to keep it any way possible. And I'm like, why are we doing that? This is something that is not beneficial to our lives. Like, the right thing would be, let him go. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sure both of us know people who have been in that kind of situation. When it's clear the guy doesn't treat the woman well, or he's not that interested. And for some reason, like you said, they're just digging their heels. Like, no, he's mine. I have to make a mine. And sometimes it works out for them. They eventually get married or whatever. But <laughs> I was just like, was it really worth all this drama? I don't know. I just feel like I don't want to be with anybody that I don't think likes me and wants to be with me. <laughs> I just no, can't I fathom think... staying with someone that I feel doesn't want to be there, you know? Yeah, with, but with, get uh, knowing like, people. Well, I've been in that situation. Mm. But I've also been in that situation where I think I can change them and convince them that I'm the best thing that ever happened to them. So that's why when I say um, human beings are complex, I'm including myself. Like, our brains are, like, kind of fucked up. Yeah. Because even with Carrie and Big, just watching her with Aiden has been making me think about their relationship more. Um, And in retrospect, I don't understand. I just feel like I don't understand the infatuation with Big. Beyond him being unavailable and mysterious or whatever. I just feel like he was always so condescending to her. He never really, Mm. to me, he didn't show her that he particularly liked her that much. Like, he didn't ever seem bothered. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, this is cool for now, but he's not pressed. (laughs) That's the vibe I got from Big. I just think she'd never dated anyone like him. Because if you look at the, if you look at her history... She's just mm-hmm. never dated anyone on that level. And mm-hmm. maybe in some ways, like, insecurity, where it's like, wow, I got this kind of person. I want to prove to myself that I deserve this kind of person or I can keep yeah. this kind of person. Because she totally elevated this man. And I'm like, what exactly are you elevating? Yeah. It's yeah. fair, though. I do think that I know we're, like, hard on Carrie, but it is true to life. Like, yeah, it is. But it's just kind of sad to see <laughs> in like stark contrast with her relationship with Aiden especially since we know like what's gonna come you know it just makes it anyway yeah yeah so Miranda continues and says that there's an upside to being with a guy that is predictable and one of the things that she loves about Steve is that he's comfortable and safe and Carrie is like are you dating a man or are you dating a minivan and Miranda is like um, I don't care. Like, you know, he's the greatest thing. The greatest thing to do is for her is Steve's laundry and she's never been happier. And Samantha is like, your relationship is my greatest fear realized. So <laughs> you know, it was what I'm fair. looking for right now. Trust me. I'm looking like, where are the boring men <laughs> with no drama? Because <laughs> yeah. like, after you've been through nonsense, you just want Someone who's dependable, a constant, is stable. You know what to expect. I'm okay. You can be a bit boring. I'll be interesting enough for the both of us. So. Yeah, I think that um, 
that is another thing that maybe, especially with social media and everything, people don't have their own benchmarks anymore. They mm-hmm. have society's benchmarks and they feel like that's what they have to realize. I never used to believe in, you know, when people always say like, oh, movies set romantic expectations and all, because I'm like, who takes these things seriously? But oh, now I kind of see it. Yeah, yeah. I kind of see it now where you think movies are the real life and instead of you to face your own real life and create what makes you happy. Because it's true, like you said, my I remember my friend made a comment one time and she's like, I just want to find a man and I just want him to be mine and we're going to be boring together. And that's fine. Because that's why, or to me, that's the importance of not knocking anybody. Like if you've been with the same person since you were young, everybody's story is different or I feel like that's why dating is important. Like, I feel like it's like a part of life as you Mm -hmm. get older and, you know, you realize the things you like, the things you don't like, you learn about things and you get your excitement. The stakes aren't as high Mm -hmm. when you're younger and you can have fun with it and go through all the shit and all the mess. But then you're ready to settle down because monogamy is not easy. Like, you're not dead. You're just committing to one person but it's okay it's not always gonna be rainbows and sparkles or whatever but not having to deal with that do i like you do you like, yeah. like me it's the thing that'll make you work like walk away like do i feel this way do I, it's that that's not fun so yeah, yeah. so and this yeah. is coming from a person i'm talking about myself when in my 20s i've always been attracted to men who quote unquote keep me on my toes just mm. because Every time I felt like a guy liked me too much, they all of a sudden became unattractive to me, which is obviously not, (laughs) it's harmful thinking and behavior. And I just feel like I can't ever imagine thinking like that now (laughs) in my 30s. Like, that's not exciting to me. To me now, be like, we clearly don't know what you want. So let's just keep it pushing. But when I was in my 20s, I found that exciting where you're not quite sure, you know, yeah. Um, whether you 100% have a person because it like to me that was like is keeping it exciting which is dumb as hell thinking now and I feel like Carrie still has that kind of thinking in her 30s yeah. so who am I to judge but I just feel like she should have grown out of that by now yeah it's very important in dating to be to be very cognizant of what you need versus what you want yes because sometimes what you want might not be exactly the best thing Ooh, ain't that a word? <laughs> so Samantha continues with her rubbish and is like, if it seems too good to be true, then it probably is. And Charlotte is rightfully annoyed. And she's like, we are now dumping guys for being available. Like if Charlotte is the voice of reason, like if everybody can just hear yourself, then then she spoils it by saying she's been reading this great new book that says if you really want to get married, you shouldn't spend a lot of time around single dysfunctional women. I'm like, oh, Charlotte, you started out great, and here you go again. She sounds like an African auntie, though. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. The book in question is called Marriage Incorporated, How to Apply Successful Business Strategies to Finding a Husband. Charlotte is, and chapter one is How to Get Ahead by Giving Head. Charlotte says the book um, says women should apply as much time and dedication to finding a mate as much as they would to their careers. Um, 
Charlotte says also that if they don't see her as much, it's because she will be spending more time with her married friends. But before I go further on this, I wanted to ask you about the statement, applying as much time and dedication to finding a mate as much as they will to their careers. In the past, we've talked about how there should be no shame of someone who, if they want to meet with someone, if they want to be with someone and they want to get married, that's what they want. And then if they want to figure out, you know, what it is that they want to do, is this really a terrible idea not necessarily the book just the idea of how because charlotte says it's going to be like a second job and no i didn't say anything wrong with it particularly with something in like finding a husband which people always say people are picky that's the part b of the question is do you think that's an insult or do you think that's something to be cognizant of like don't be too picky because if you're gonna have like a mate I think that's something that's so important. Just what are your general thoughts in devoting that much time? Or do you think that it should just be something that happens organically? Does putting so much effort kind of taint the whole process of eventually ending up with someone? Or do you think it makes a difference? No, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, if that's what you want to do. Especially for somebody like Charlotte whose life goal is just to be married and she's not going to rest until she's married. I don't see any problem in her looking at it in a more clinical way. Yeah. I feel like marriage doesn't mean the same thing to everybody. And sometimes we need to realise that. To me, personally, I would find it cold and impersonal. Yeah. But to someone like Charlotte, I feel like if that's how she's going to achieve her goals, there's nothing wrong with that. And honestly, people should think, about who they're going to marry a lot more not what's the word like I'm not as for? casual yeah not, not, not as dispassionately I think is the word I'm looking for because the person you marry can and often does dramatically alter the course of your life dramatically yeah. like yeah. it's a big factor in how your life is going to go ahead whether you have children or not, how your children are going to be raised. I just feel like it's such a big thing that I don't think there's anything wrong with treating it as important as you would your career. Why shouldn't it? That is a huge part of your life. So, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's not romantic or sexy, (laughs) but it's practical, you know. So, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. So another question as you answered, I agree with everything that you said. Do you think, okay, I know, like you said, it was clinical. Like she's sitting down and she's going to do this and do that. What would you say is the difference between, or is it the modern day of using apps? Of using what, sorry? Apps. Like dating apps, I'm sorry. Because it's like putting so much dedication. Because I know the thing about, I remember once that I was on a dating app, at at some point i don't know that i was even interested in the the dates that came out of it and not that i even got any it just became habit to just start scrolling through and seeing what was available and what the matches were and what was that so i'm just saying like do you think it's the same equivalent like is that putting effort into finding me (laughs) no no (laughs) <laughs> Did I think with the apps, they're not all created equal. I've never paid for an app, but I do have friends who say the apps that you have to pay for, you get a higher yeah. quality of men because they're clearly more serious yeah. if they're going to pay for it. So that section, I would say yes, that could kind of applies to what we're talking about. But ones that you just swipe, 
with the apps, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, when you're just like mindlessly scrolling, just personally, yeah. it makes me feel gross because it's like you're shopping for people after a while. <laughs> that's a thought that always enters my head that you're people shopping. You're literally just swiping on people just based on a tiny blurb if they fill out a bio and based on how someone looks. And it's no different in real life. We also kind of go and talk to people or people come and talk to you because of how you look before they get to know your personality. So when you think about it in that way, there's not really that big of a difference. But the fact that you're presented with a huge volume of people and you're literally swiping, 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 to me, it feels a bit gross <laughs> after a while. I'm not a huge fan of that just because people are annoying. I've been on a few dates from us and actually... Almost all the dates I've been on were fine. They went well. There was nothing wrong with them. <laughs> they were like regular first dates. But I don't know. I just find it exhausting. Dating is exhausting. People who have energy for it are my heroes. Because I just... Nobody ever... Pres- well, no. Let me not say nobody. People just never present themselves with what they're truly looking for. People are constantly playing games, but it's like that in a lot of other dating scenarios that don't involve apps. So it just yeah. is what it is nowadays. That's the the dating climate. But yeah, I don't think that apps as a blanket statement, no, they're not the same, in my opinion. I feel like some of them that you pay for and are more serious, then yes, that could apply. So it depends. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I remember, like, Mash.com, they would mm-hmm. ask you, like, like, deep, deep, like, your religious background, your preferences, yeah. activities, and all that stuff. Because I remember one of the things I hated the most um, when I was single was people telling me, put yourself out there. Oh. What does that mean? What yes. does that mean? Because oh. especially people who just meet at the grocery store, people who just went for coffee. So it's not putting yourself out there. Putting yourself out there doesn't mean you're going to get quality. You could get quantity and you yes. can get people out there, but then you could also be out there and no one's asking you out. So I don't I don't know what that means, put yourself out there, but it used to annoy the crap out of me. Literally every person I'm trying to think that I've dated for a significant amount of time in my life, it was a chance encounter. Yeah, like completely random <laughs> encounters. So yeah, put yourself out there. Oh, you just triggered me. Oh, I hate that phrase so much. But yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Yeah. back to the lady. Charlotte says it again. Yeah, that if they don't see as much, it's because she's spending time with her married friends. And Miranda's like, um, how is that gonna help? And she's like, well, she's gonna befriend the husbands with their full time jobs. <laughs> No, she's going to befriend the husbands, and then the husband's friends, and they'll hook them up with their single friends, and this is going to be a full-time job for her. And I'm just like, oh, God, Charlotte, you sound like a maniac. So we see Miranda get home, and Steve comes to her and tells her that he's reheated leftover lasagna. Miranda's all great. She's starving. And he asks her if she he should get plates, and she's like, what for? It's just them. So we didn't see it, but basically they're going to dig into the lasagna dish with their forks like savages. Hey, goals, goals. <laughs> so Gary tells us an hour later they had dessert. We see them on the bed, just um, Steve feeding her ice cream, and then eight minutes of no frill sex, and then 12 minutes of front line, and she tells us that theirs was the kind of closeness that comes from true intimacy as we watch Miranda clip her nails. 
I just thought it was cute, the whole thing. Like, you know what you're doing. <laughs> Everybody I didn't just... see anything wrong with it either. I'm like, oh, that's nice. They're comfortable with each other. <laughs> exactly. Just being comfortable with each other. Because I'm telling you, I will tell you that one of the one of the things as I eased into, you know, my marriage was before when I date people and you get into a disagreement, you have a fight. I guess that's what it is. The stomach flip. I'm just like, oh, my God, is this what is going to end it? Is this what's going to be the thing? Like, oh, did I say something wrong? Like, oh, are they going to look at me or whatever? But as I eased into this, you know, with my now husband and all that, whenever we had that fight or whatever, I didn't feel that. I just felt it was just a fight. That is such a good and illuminating way of putting it. I completely understand what you mean now with the whole stomach flip thing. Yeah. So that I think that's what they were conveying in this montage with Miranda and stuff. At least I was, because, you know, I don't trust this producer. So at first, I didn't know where they were going with this. I was like, are they trying to glamorize and say, like, oh, this is not what it works. They're boring. They don't care about each other, blah, blah. Because and then because they were juxtaposing at some point with Samantha. But I think eventually that is what they were just trying to show was some kind of intimacy. Because intimacy is not always sex. Yeah. And so, you know, sometimes people think that's just what it is. But that feeling exactly what Miranda said in the beginning, feeling comfortable and feeling safe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So then we see Samantha making out with an ENT doctor. Um, she's not sure where they met, but his name is Mark Rasking. And they're making out. He stops and asks for water. And she's like, what do you need water for? And he says he needs to take his Viagra. Samantha jokes and is like, one, that's presumptuous. I'm like, girl, bye. You knew you were going to have something. And you. So- <laughs> when have you never? <laughs> And two, as she's rubbing him or stroking him down there, she's like, you don't seem to need help. And he's like, oh, no, I don't need it for that. That he's taking it recreationally. So um, she's, like, intrigued by it. And he says that he, it just enhances the whole thing. So we see them enjoying the sex. Like, you know, Samantha and her porn way of having sex. Like I said, Miranda's the only one who has realistic that that's close to realistic sex on the show because Samantha does like a porn star. They might not even have touched her and she's just screaming all the time and it doesn't make sense. So we see them enjoying the sex and I, like I said, it was like a juxtaposition because as Carrie tells us that as Samantha enjoyed the thrill of the new Miranda's relationship happily floated on a placid sea and we see she and Steve cuddling. So that's why I was like side-eyeing the producers because I'm like, why are they doing this side-by-side by Samantha? What are they trying to say? So <laughs> Yeah, they're trying to say Miranda's teeth are boring for sure. <laughs> so I know, do you, how pissed off do you think doctors were with this episode of Sex and the City? Um, I'm, like, I'm sure they're like, Viagra is not for recreational use. This is a breakthrough drug we've been working on for a specific purpose and you people are going to have us all kinds of messed up. <laughs> I can see that, but also is America. This is yes. what Americans do. We know how to abuse stuff for what they're not meant to do. I'm telling so, you, moving to this country was an eye opener. When I, the <laughs> first time I heard "ask your doctor" about, I'm like, "What do you mean, ask your doctor? Is me? I should go and tell the medical professional what drugs they should prescribe me." Wow. But now being here, I get it. You kind of have to be your own advocate for everything <laughs> in here. Which makes you wonder what mm. you pay thousands and thousands of dollars for. But anyway. Yeah. yeah. 
So Carrie and Aiden are walking down the block and Carrie the neurotic tells us that she's searching for icebergs. She is with Aiden who is in a hideous shirt. It was like you take a bandana and made it into a whole huge shirt, button-down shirt. I don't know. It was just terrible. All of Aiden's shirts are hideous to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's not fashionable. But that's no, not he's not. Like not but this one was absolutely terrible. So <laughs> she's asking him why he's single. And Aiden says, why are you still single? And then Carrie gets irritated and is like, don't do that. I hate when guys get all cute, blah. I'm like, Carrie, that is your whole life. You're always trying to be cute. So stop yes, being a so you room for one cute person in a relationship, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so she gets all rude about it and is all blah and ugh and blah, blah. So they're silent. And then Aiden goes, he's waiting for an apology. She apologizes and says sorry. And then, like, sometimes she's a bitch that, you know, that I'm sure he has bad traits too. What are they? I'm like, stop pushing. And Aiden, rightfully, he's like, this is the strangest two blocks I've ever walked. And then she has another tantrum and says that she's sorry. This relationship cannot keep sailing perfect like it has. And Aiden is just not about that life. He's like, um, I'm going to kiss you now. And then he does to kind of shut her up. So she breaks away and says, seriously, how long is this going to last? And he asks, can't you just go with the flow? And she's like, no, it's not. It's so 70s. I mean, I guess it makes sense, but I'm like, eh, okay. So, You've been dating for three weeks. Like, <laughs> come on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he asks her, okay, how long is this phase going to last? Because, you know, my folks are coming this weekend and I would like to introduce you to them. And this was a moment where I was like, both of them are crazy. Why are you introducing somebody who is, first of all, acting like a crazy person now to your parents after three weeks? To some people, meeting your parents isn't a big deal at all. I think it depends on, is one of those things that culturally we've been told that is a big deal because it signifies something like the next step before you get engaged or whatever. I, I feel like, everyone's different <laughs> they have very I, different thoughts about meeting people's parents no I absolutely know that and in this case I wasn't even thinking like I, I, like culturally because I know like even in the western world some people get engaged and they've never met the parents mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's just that it's three weeks you're getting to know it. she is acting crazy and I'm like why is that inspiration the only and the closest reason I could think of is that his parents are not around all the time and this is just an opportunity they're here I might mm-hmm. introduce them and then that's it but other than that I'm like the way she's acting I I wouldn't introduce him to my parents I'm an, so, I'm an saying because the way he said it it didn't seem like a big deal on his side I think she made it a big deal, but he was like, oh my gosh, so now you want me to meet your parents. That's just how I saw it. I don't know. I think in my mind, regardless of, I do just think it's a big deal. Regardless of how it is, like you're still introducing someone to your parents or bringing people. I think I'll be interested to speak to someone who doesn't think it's a big deal. Like who are the people who think, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be like engagement or anything. It's just bringing someone into your family. For you to meet them, you have to think like it's so, like there's some kind of, you know, potential or thing. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So Carrie goes, that's so nice. 
um, these parents, they'll probably know what's wrong with you. And I was surprised because I expected her to freak out in that moment. And she didn't. She just said and made a joke about it that, you know, your parents know what's wrong with you. So Charlotte has dinner with her married friends, Amy and Dennis, and tells them that she has decided that this is the year she's getting married. They're all like, oh, yay, congrats, who's the lucky guy? And then she's like, uh, no, there's no guy, but this is where you come in. I need Dennis to hook me up with all his single friends. And then he's like, oh, I don't have any that you like offhand. And then his wife, Amy, is like, what about Phil? Um, and then Dennis is acting all funny and is all like, oh, yeah, I guess he could tear himself away from his internet company. Like, we'll see what we can do, blah, blah, blah. So Amy gushes how nice, how cute he is. But again, Dennis is just being weird about it. Charlotte is just like, oh, I have tickets to the opera this weekend and I'd like to take Phil. And they're like, okay, we'll make it happen. Then we see Miranda doing Steve's laundry before work, no less. I'm like, how does she have time to do laundry before she goes to work? Because when back before the world closed down, I just barely used to make it on time before I could get myself up, do anything, and get out there. So I do laundry just... before work. Huh? Because then I do laundry before work. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> when you come back, you can just throw it in the dryer without oh. it just sitting in wet laundry and you forgetting about it. That's for me personally. But well, I was alone, have so. I don't have any time in the morning. I'm just trying to psych my... I'm not a morning person, so I'm just always trying to just psych myself to get to work so I don't have (laughs) time to do that. So I thought it was impressive. So Carrie tells us as she was doing the laundry that she came face-to-face with the true meaning of intimacy. I was really grossed out by this, but it was Steve's underwear, which is white, and it had skid marks on there. Yeah. (laughs) The way she jumped away was kind of funny, but... It was really kind of gross because we got a close-up of it, too. So she's walking with Carrie, and she tells Carrie that she was wrong, that there is a point where a couple can get too comfortable. And I stopped to ask myself that question. I don't know if I have an answer. Do you think you have an answer? (laughs) Yes, but I think I've mentioned this before. I definitely think people can be too comfortable around others. I don't want you farting on me, me, me. Around me, I'm just not that kind of person. I don't do it to my friends. I don't even like burping in front of people. But that's just me. Some people don't care. So I think it depends on each individual. Yeah. What they find comfortable or not. Some people don't care. Some people do. But to me, yes, it's entirely possible to be too comfortable. Um, yeah, I think I don't have an answer because I was going through scenarios in my life and I was like, eh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, so I don't know. So Everyone's different. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, is, yeah, because, yeah, because that farting one you just said, okay. Wait, I know, <laughs> most people don't agree with me, so, but that's just a personal thing. Even with my siblings, they literally yeah. purposely come and fart on me because they know it, enra- it enrages me, so... Because they think it's hilarious. So I know everyone thinks differently. I just don't like that. I think it's just like really like get out of my face with that nonsense. I'm not going to lose it if someone like, of course people are fighting in front of me. <laughs> that I've dated. But I'd just rather you not. So how far does it go? If you're dating someone, would you ever use their bathroom? Yeah. Okay. 
I'm not one of those people that's like, oh gosh, I can't use a. No, I'm not one of those. I'm, but I'm not going to fart in front of you. Okay. Using the bathroom to me is like a normal human function. I don't find it weird at all. Okay. Yeah. So um, she tells her that she doesn't get why men get skid marks. But if your boyfriend can't be bothered to wipe his ass, then that's the end of romance. So Miranda <laughs> Miranda now makes a comment that maybe she's mistaken. Maybe she has mistaken a rut with intimacy, which is interesting because where is the line? But I think the difference for me would be if you're in a quote unquote rut and you're still fine and you're comfortable, then it's not a rut. Now, if you're in a rut and one person is unhappy and it's like, oh, no, things need to change, then that's a rut. Does that make sense? I thought this was bad writing. I 100% agree with you. Where did the rut come? Actually, maybe not bad writing. She's clearly being influenced by her friends because you were yeah. happy and comfortable. Now, all of a sudden, you're in a rut <laughs> because they got into your head. The, yeah. the, you're not in a rut. <laughs> your friends got yeah. into your head. So maybe Charlotte is onto something where she said, I ain't hanging out with you single nah. bit of bitches anymore. <laughs> nah. I'm only hanging around with married people now. Maybe she's onto something, okay? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But yeah, her friends clearly just got into her head, in my opinion. Yeah. He's manufacturing talk- trouble out of nowhere. <laughs> Yeah, and we talk about this offline um, before where we say it's so important for you to identify your benchmarks without outside influences. Mm-hmm. Because, again, the equivalent will always be social media or anything where you start, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. You're fine. Mm-hmm. And then someone tells you, like, you shouldn't be fine. And you're like, oh, I guess I'm yeah. not fine, but I am. But should I and not I- I think it's arrogant to think you're immune as well. We're all yeah. slightly influenced by so many things. Even if even if you think you're not, you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Miranda says, like, uh, like I said, our brains are just kind of was like, you know, they whine when they don't have a boyfriend, and then when they do have a boyfriend, they do whine still. So Carrie asks Miranda if she remembers how big would keep her away from his mom, and Miranda's like, oh yep, I remember. For anyone who forgot, she this crazy girl went to church when they told her not to and was peeping through. So Aiden, she says Aiden is offering his parents on a silver platter and she's not sure that she wants to meet them. Miranda's like, yeah, but maybe it's too soon. Like, hey, I haven't met Steve's mom and I am in no rush to meet him. And then Carrie's like, Aiden is doing everything that I wanted Big to do and now I'm acting like Big. I'm just glad she knows. And then Miranda was like, maybe you don't believe it's for real unless it's hard to get. Yep. And Carrie, she's back home now typing on her computer because, you know, she's allegedly a sex columnist. And I'm just kidding, guys. I'm just, I'm just annoyed by it. I know. Sorry, but ragging on Carrie's job would never get funny. Would never not be funny to me. I'm sorry. Okay. This job that apparently keeps her in this huge apartment. Okay. Manolo Blatnik. Yep. So Carrie says, when things come too easy, we're suspect. Does it have to be complicated to believe that they're for real? We're raised to believe the course of love never runs smoothly. There has to be obstacles before you get a happy ever after. What happens when the obstacles aren't there? The question was, do we need drama to make a relationship work? 
Do you know, I'm just saying, as much as I'm ragging on Carrie, in my 20s, these were the kind of questions I used to ask myself. I'm just disgusted with her because she's in her 30s. Yeah. I'm still thinking like this. But this is 100% how I used to think in my 20s. So I can't even pretend to be holier than thou. I 100% get it. When you're used to, like, things, I don't know. When, when things are easy, you get suspicious. It's just naturally suspicious people, just always on edge. But I just feel like she should have grown up and out of this by now. Yeah, and then, what was the question? Do we need drama to make a relationship work? I don't necessarily think it's drama. I think for me, I relate more to do we need maybe obstacles? Not necessarily drama, because definitely the answer to that is I don't want drama, because... If you go on social media, everyone just talks about, like, marriage does not get a good rep. Everyone just talks about how it's terrible, how most people are unhappy, how is this or whatever. So, oh, my God, I feel like I'm talking too much about marriage this episode. But I can only speak from my experiences, and that's I'm just equating it to what it is. So when I did get married, that's all I did was sit and wait for all the things to come because I'm told that is what is going to happen. So like mm-hmm. Nana said, you might think that you're immune, but you're not. Like, don't ever think that you're not because I would like to think of myself as a smart person. But you read and you see all these things. Like, even in your real life, you see it around in your family and all that kind of stuff. So it seeps into your brain. So I'm just sitting there waiting for, like, the worst and all the things or whatever. Again, just in case anybody out there, does no marriage is perfect. No relationship is perfect. There's always going to be obstacles. But... I was just waiting for all the bad things, all the things. I'm thinking that's what was for sure going to happen because they said that's what's going to happen. But it's not necessarily so. And then it just made me start thinking, like, some of the things that we have, is it because we expect the worst? Because I've heard someone close to me say, well, I mean, I'm ready for whatever marriage brings because marriage is about endurance. And she said Mm. it so casually because... That's just what we've been taught. Mm. So we're ragging on Carrie, but she might be onto something because if that's what you're selling, you think that's what's normal. And again, part of adulting is on learning. Yeah. Yeah. So. And even like thinking about that, not even necessarily with in regards to marriage, when you meet somebody and they do seem too perfect, you are kind of waiting for the other penny to drop, you know? So yeah. this is what she's doing at an accelerated rate. I don't think it's unusual behavior. So look at me being nice to Carrie. But I kind of understand why she's... Obviously, she's just being ridiculous about it because yeah. it's Carrie. But I don't think all her thoughts and feelings are unfounded and ridiculous. But I think there is a lot of truth to it, like we just said. Mm. Mm, now I'm thinking... Yeah, like I no, she had valid questions, valid feelings. It was just like one, three weeks, two, she was just ridiculous about it. And she was just being an asshole about it. So that's what it was. Okay. So Charlotte calls Dennis to find out about her date. And he's not picking up. She calls him at the office like a crazy person, leaves so many messages, leaves so many voicemails. And I was like, I cannot believe that this is hap- this is real. So Carrie actually says the words, her, um, my anxiety-free relationship was driving me crazy. And it, saying it out loud just sounds insane to me. So 
<laughs> they're at Aiden shop and he's talking to his customers and she actually goes over there and interrupts and is like, oh, she has to pass on dinner that is getting late and she has a deadline. And, you know, I wasn't sure if this dinner was the original one with his parents because I was like, is this what she was going to wear? She had like a sheer shirt see-through thing going and i'm like we've already talked about how the fashion this season is just off i i, I will seen say one thing. i was counting in this episode she had three different dior saddlebags and this is why people would say fashion is a circle because saddlebags are back in a big way in the last couple of years and i was just like look at that if you kept all your saddlebags from 99 and 2000 you'd be chilling right now because there was mm-hmm. such an it bag in my year group growing up so it brought back mm-hmm. memories and now it's back so they're everywhere but she had three different ones three and i'm like carrie look at your life what are you spending your money on while to be but yes mm-hmm. the fashion has been hit or miss i hope you've been noticing the flowers <laughs> as well <laughs> on all her outfits yeah, huge especially the hideous gold one, gold yeah. necklace one she wore on the road with Aiden. It's um, serious to us now, but we were all wearing it <laughs> back then. We all wanted to be just me. like her. Um, <laughs> I was like, okay, a lot of us, we all wanted to be just like her. We were all dressing with, yeah, just like that. <laughs> the second thing that I noticed was that, so she just quit smoking, I guess. Yeah. They didn't address it or anything, but I guess it's done. And it took she had three a patch weeks. on her arm, though. Did you notice? No, I did not notice. Oh, okay. I did not notice. So I was like, well, that's pretty good. If it just took her, wait, a week and a half, she was still smoking. So it took her a week and a half to just quit smoking. Good for her. So he asked her about breakfast and meeting him and his parents there instead. And she tells him that she's been thinking if it's a good idea what if they break up and he has to keep explaining to them what happened. I'm highly annoyed at this episode. At, I mean, at this scene, but I'm also proud that she actually said, because I don't think it would have been wrong if she said, I'm not comfortable meeting your parents yet. You yeah. have that right. Mm-hmm. You have that right. So she is saying it not exactly in the best way, best time, but she did. Then she tells him, you know, meeting the parents is a big deal. And he goes, Oh, he's like, it's no big deal. Like, you know, we'll do it some other time. And then she's like, I guess we won't see you this weekend. He's like, yeah, I'll miss you. And then she goes, maybe this is good. We'll see each other less. We'll miss each other more. And it's just that, you know, you're so available. I just, I I could not believe this. Aiden is like, okay, don't worry. I have a life. I'm just making room for you in it. And this broad has the, the audacity to seem annoyed. And she's like, see, you always say the right things. How dare you? I love how open Aiden has been with her Which is why I don't know why I just didn't think it was that weird Because he clearly seems that kind of person Who would introduce you to his parents If he was taking you seriously He's been very clear from the beginning That he's not interested in a hookup Because that hasn't worked out for him in the past And he's currently still single He's been very clear that he likes her He's been very clear that he won't tolerate smoking He's just been very open and honest with her About what he wants why he didn't want to sleep with her too soon, all of that. So I just feel like, Carrie, what do you want? Like, you don't know what you want, and you're going to stress this man out for no reason, <laughs> you know? If you yeah. know that's not what you want, just leave him alone, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think the hot take for me was, like, in this whole series, Aiden 
was what Carrie was to Big. This yes. relationship was doomed from beginning. Aiden should have left mm-hmm. from the jump, but he just kept going and going, and she kept giving him signs. Yep. Like, rightfully from the moment where he said, it's a deal breaker, I can't be with someone who smokes, mm-hmm. he should have just left. When she starts doing this crazy thing of you're too available, we miss each other, get see each other less, he should have just left. Let's not even get into the things coming further down and you still took her back and all that, you should have just left. Yep. But maybe he's one of those men that's attracted to the crazy. You know, there's something uh, like that. Honestly. Yeah. Because Aiden would not struggle for a date with anybody else. At, at all. He's at, extremely tall. He's successful. <laughs> he's nice, like super nice. But there's clearly something about Carrie. The crazy just, you know, gets him. And some men are like that. They just love a crazy woman. <laughs> So maybe he's one of those. Yeah. But um at this point, Aiden, rightfully so, seems disturbed, but he doesn't say anything. So Carrie's the one who goes with Charlotte to the opera, and she's telling Charlotte that this is nuts, that she's basically sabotaging the best relationship she's ever had. I'm glad she knows that. Um, unbelievably, Charlotte is like, she's not going to take this line down and she's gonna call Dennis again. And she's leaving a message when he picks up, running to the voicemail. And he said, oh, I just got back from a business trip. Like, you know, I didn't get your messages, but your secretary let me know that you left all these messages. The whole thing was weird because his wife was there and mm-hmm. she was just walking like nothing happened. And he's like, oh, I'll set something up. Like, you know, you guys are going to meet on Wednesday at a certain place and all that. And I'm like, that's very strange. And that was you that. Know what? What I wanted to ask you, but I didn't know whether to wait till you said the reveal. I mean, if people are listening, hopefully they watched the episode and you gave a recap. But when this whole storyline started, obviously I knew something was off. And I initially thought, oh, no, he fancies Charlotte. That's why he's acting weird. But then with this scene, because his wife was in the background and he was talking to her. And I was thinking, oh, no, there's something wrong with the guy that she's so desperate to be set up with. And he doesn't know how to tell her. That's why he's been acting weird. What did you think? I was very confused about what hints they were trying to give us. Um, it was just disjointed. Mm. So it didn't make any sense. I remembered this storyline, so oh, I okay. received that right. differently. But I just thought it was weird. I just didn't get what the point was with him picking up the phone while his wife was there because he easily could have called her back in his office. That's where she left the messages. And the wife was just walking around. She didn't have anything. She didn't say anything. And if she's been leaving messages and she didn't go on the business trip, she must have heard the voicemail. Why didn't she call back? It was very, again, I think it's one of those bad writings. So Samantha and her dude are together again. And they both take the Viagra because, you know, Samantha was curious about it. I don't even know what the effects of Viagra on women are. I don't know if this is true to life, but... 20 minutes later, apparently, Samantha officially became the first woman to land on the moon. I I got nothing on this. So, Samantha is with her dude again, and this time, he doesn't want to use Viagra. He's like, let's go natural. And Samantha is now addicted, and she's like, nope, I'm going to use it. What do you mean we have to go natural? And then he risks. Carrie tells us that he wrote her a prescription and she never called him again. And I, I, it made me realize that, do you know how many episodes we've seen where 
the episode has ended with Samantha saying, with Carrie giving us a voiceover saying, Samantha never called again, or, and that was the last time Samantha saw him, and Samantha is done. <laughs> she does that a lot for Charlotte, too. Like, we also get told Charlotte never called them again. Oh, I okay. think, yeah, a lot of, I noticed that, I'm saying it because I first noticed it for Charlotte, that she gets a lot of, and she never spoke to him again. Like the guy yeah. with the dog. There's just always one guy after another. But yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of yeah, them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So we go back to Charlotte and Carrie at the opera, and they have my um, Carrie takes the binoculars from Charlotte, and she's looking around, looking around, and then it rests on Big, and his wife, and Big just waves at her. I think one of the things I don't know why I enjoy it. Because Big is now married and they're not dating anymore, Big just shows up on the episodes, but we never know when to expect him showing up yeah. <laughs> at the episode. So just seeing it up there was just like, oh, hello, Big. So she tells Charlotte that she's not feeling well and she has to go, and she actually runs out. And Big actually chases after her, and thank God he doesn't catch up um, with her because I just don't even know if she'll be able to handle it. So... She said that she knows that it's hysterical, but, you know, she just had to get out of there. She didn't think she could do that. And then Miranda gets a call in the middle of the night. It's her and Steve sleeping, and they just get that call, and they wake up. And then it's Carrie. And she tells her what happened. And Carrie, Miranda asks her, are you okay? And she goes, oh, yeah, I'm great. I just realized that there might be something to this available man thing and Miranda looks at Steve and says yeah it is kind of nice just separate your whites and that was funny and then I'm Carrie sorry, lo- but you called me at 3am to tell me this <laughs> you better be having a breakdown or you can wait till the morning that's what I'm thinking but anyway because Miranda <laughs> she said it was 3am 3am yeah, yeah yeah I, yeah I, I'm, I'll say that at the end with the it better said. be an emergency <laughs> yeah um, Carrie said she knows she wants to be with a man who wants to be with her and she's had enough relationship drama for a lifetime. So Miranda's like, um, shouldn't you be telling this to Aiden? And Carrie's like, please, it's 3 a.m. I call him at a civilized hour. And I thought that was really funny. <laughs> so the next morning she calls Aiden and to tell him she missed him and she he's not around. And someone else picks up. She's like, okay, can you tell them that I called? They're like, sure. But I realized that she never said her name. And it's kind of presumptuous that the other person just kind of knows who it is already. But I don't know if it was Maybe she's spoken to them before. Because it's a store, right? Yeah, but either way. So maybe they recognize her voice. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, that's presumptuous. Like, when you deal with customers so many times, it's not the same person that's going to pick it up and... You just assume that that's who it is, but I don't know. That's just That was just me. So she hadn't heard from him by the evening. She calls and leaves a voicemail and then say, hey, I'm just going to say hey. And then she tells us that she got the feeling that she played it all wrong and the idea of losing him left her short of breath. Um, we see Miranda doing laundry and Steve, and then, you know, he puts her on the, dr- on the dryer and, you know, the whole, it starts vibrating, and then they have sex, and then Carrie tells us, like, you know, sometimes, you know, you could be in a rut, but every now and then you get the excitement. So, 
I guess to wrap it up in a bow, they're just telling us like there might be rough, there might be not, but comfortable, safe, they're enjoying each other, and the relationship is on the right track. And that was the end of Miranda's um, storyline. With Charlotte, we see her out at the place where Dennis told her to be, and she's looking for Phil. How is she looking for Phil? She's stopping random men and actually asking them, are you Phil? Hi, are you Phil? Are you Phil? But then she runs into Dennis and she's like, oh, hi, where's Phil? And then he just blurts out that he's in love with her. And Charlotte is so pissed. I don't even know if she's pissed that he's trying to cheat on his wife or the fact that a husband is not going to materialize. I don't know which she's more pissed about. But she slaps him and runs out. And when she runs out, she trips on the street. And when she was hailing a cab and then some guy comes out of the cab and he says, hi, I'm Trey. And she goes, hi, I'm Charlotte. And this is how we meet Charlotte's first husband, Trey McDougal. Do you remember him? Of course I do. (laughs) (laughs) Of course I do. So um, Carrie is checking and still no messages from him. She tells us that it's been two days and only a dramatic gesture could salvage things. So, of course, she shows up at the breakfast place and is being ridiculous. She tells him that she decided to show up because being in a relationship means taking a risk and it's a leap of faith, no matter how many disappointments that you've faced in the past. Then she asked him, why hasn't he called? He said, you told me to be less available. And then she's like, you don't have to do everything I say. Then he's like, okay, well, do you still want to meet my parents? He's like, wouldn't they think I'm nuts? And Aiden says the sweetest thing to me. He's like, well, they're going to have to get used to it. So that's how the episode ends. So, yes, you are nuts. (laughs) (laughs) I told you, Aiden knows she's crazy. If that's what he's attracted to. (laughs) He's one of those men. And well, the cute thing about it is like, you know, when you meet someone, instead of trying to change them, you decide if you like what it is that you see or not, but just accept them, you know, for who they are, for better or for worse. So I think that was cute. You just have to see if you can deal with that person's brand of crazy. We're all crazy. Yeah. You know, everyone has their own brand. Yep. And (laughs) everyone has different thresholds and limits. Exactly. Yeah, so it was a it was an okay episode. I think it's like as we're beginning to see familiar faces, the Aidens, the Steve, now the Trey. Like, I don't, like, you know how I thought we met Aiden much later? I don't remember what episode we met um, Samantha's guy, Jared. Mm. So if he just pops up soon, I'll be like, oh. Is it this episode. season? No, I don't I think, think so. I think it was much later. But I'm mm. just saying, like, I also thought Aiden was later. I mean, I know that he came in early. I just didn't think it was season three. Yeah. It so, makes sense because I know, I'm just trying to remember. I know there's a Russian still to come, I think, unless I make him up. He's in the last. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know vaguely, like, what happens and, yeah, all that. And I remember Trey and Charlotte's relationship because as a child, Teenager, it was so wild to me, but yeah, <laughs> we're all gonna get there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but I enjoyed the episode actually. I did. So, can you yeah. tell the people where to find us, please? Yes, you can find us at the Rewatch Times 2, T H E R E W A T C H X 2. That's our handle on Instagram, handle on Twitter, and if you would like to send us an email at gmail.com. And please like 
um, subscribe and give us a five star rating, especially on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. I hope you guys all have a wonderful week and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.